Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear. I almost introduced it as the Wildcat Scoop podcast sponsored by the net rating um, because there's nobody on the face of this planet, let's be very clear, that loves the net as much as I do. Uh, I text with Michael Luke about it every day. My wife is laughing at me because we're going to get t-shirts made that says net for life. Nothing but net. Um, it's going to be a movement. It's not just going to be a metric like that we use or the don't use. We'll find out in two weeks. It's going to be a full-on movement. Um, and the reason I'm laughing is because Arizona, despite losing to UCLA on the road, despite not playing today, Sunday, moved up a spot. Arizona is so good at this net rating stuff that it doesn't even need to play a game to move up. Arizona could lose out, and it might be number one in the net at the end of the season. It's that good. There is no team in the country that has mastered the net rating like Arizona has mastered the net rating. So from now on, this is the Wildcat Scoop podcast sponsored by the NCAA Net. Um, In all seriousness, though, uh, Arizona lost UCLA as you probably know by now. And, um, you know, it, it's it's interesting for for me. I, I stopped rooting in games a long time ago, generally speaking. Uh, most of the games that I watch, I'm quiet in. Uh, there are some games that I watch that I'm not quiet. I, I do root once in a while. Uh, UCLA was a game that I uh, I rooted for. And even when I do root, I'm, I'm nowhere near as loud as my wife and children um, they're vicious when they root. Uh, but with that being said, um, I didn't enter this game in a calm manner. This game against UCLA, um, you know, I, you root and uh, you watch it. And I, I wouldn't say root. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting on my couch. I, I am a little more vocal with certain things like bad plays, etc. I'm not, you know, singing bear down on my couch or anything like that. I thought it was quite apparent even when Arizona was winning. This isn't an Arizona loss, so the refs were a bad thing. If you go back and look at my tweets, I was criticizing the refs when Arizona was winning. Um, but, you know, I, I, I did the post-game radio show after the game, and I run into Kelvin Ifon, who knows more about basketball than than I do, and, and most people listen to this podcast, and the first thing he did uh, was say that the refs were unreal. And <laughs> Kelvin doesn't complain about refs, but... Kelvin was complaining about refs on the post game, and it's hard. It's hard to overlook what the refs did. I'm a firm believer that refs don't cost you games. I uh, I completely understand the people that say refs don't call cause you wins or losses. Um, you have to overcome them. Good teams overcome them. Completely understand that. But on on second watch, watching this game. Uh, the rest controlled a very large part of it. When Arizona goes one for four from the free throw line, which isn't good, obviously it's not good enough, definitely not um, in, in terms of percentage, but UCLA goes 16 of 20. So UCLA has 15 more points at the line than Arizona in just one half. Uh, it is very hard. You're basically saying you have to be 15 points better in other facets than UCLA. Obviously, uh, it, it's it's not easy to do. I, I'm not sure, to be honest, and, and talking to other people, I'm, I'm not in the minority, 
I'm not sure how good UCLA is. I'm really not. Um, I will say that they're obviously hot right now, and I will say that they are very good at closing games. They did against ASU. They did it against Arizona. If Arizona could close out games like UCLA is right now, Arizona would probably have five more wins. Seriously. I mean, it, it is very apparent that the biggest obstacle Arizona basketball has right now is closing out games. If games were 35 minutes long, Arizona would only have one or two losses. It's just, it's, but they're not. They're 40 minutes long, and Arizona, for whatever reason, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit, um, just can't close out games. With that being said, um, kind of going back to the refs, and, and I want to make it clear, it's not an Arizona losing thing. I, I watched the ASU-USC game, and even though ASU, I'm, I'm not sure who the refs were, I don't remember, but even though ASU shot more free throws than USC, uh, the refs in that game were awful. Um, it, it's just, it's a Pac-12 thing. It's been a Pac-12 thing. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's just the way Pac-12 refs work, it makes little sense. Uh, when Arizona is approaching the end of the conference season and Tony Padilla is refing a game and has only ref two Arizona games and Eric Curry is only ref like three, there's, there's an issue there. Uh, when you're sharing refs with the Mountain West Conference, there's an issue there. Because no disrespect or disrespect, I don't care, to the Mountain West Conference, Arizona should, or the Pac-12 shouldn't be, the refs should be better. Like, you are supposed to be one of the premier conferences in the country athletically, and your refs are consistently the worst in the nation, or, or among them. Um, it, it, it's interesting, like, I don't know, I, I'd almost rather have it called like the Big Ten. There's been a lot of complaints about Big Ten refing because they're not calling anything. I'm, if you watch a Big Ten basketball game, it's basically a football game on a basketball court. Uh, I watched the Indiana game the other day, and there were guys tackling other guys on screens, and it wasn't being called. And I'm being serious. I mean, uh, the, the it's crazy how they call it. But you'd almost rather them call it like that than completely impact the game by getting guys in foul trouble. Uh, when you watch Arizona game, and Arizona has three guys on the court with four fouls, and UCLA still has three fouls to give, and there's two minutes left in the game, something's wrong. And, it, and it's not because one team is more aggressive than the other, because Arizona had plenty of points in the paint. Um, it is an issue where something has gone wrong with the refing. <laughs> and, and after a while, you get tired of it. You get tired of it if you're an Arizona fan. You get tired of it if you're a UCLA fan, ASU. I don't care. Pac-12 fans, as a whole, deserve better refs than what the Pac-12 is offering. And I texted two coaches today. I texted one from Arizona, and I texted another from another Pac-12 school. And basically, I said, look, in your opinion, does refing impact the postseason? And both guys gave me a similar answer. And it is a pattern, and as you could go back and look, is that basically what happens is a Pac-12 team will make the tournament. The game will be refed by a Big Ten ref or a Big East ref who's going to let these guys play. And by the time it's over, Pac-12 teams don't know how to adjust. They just don't. Because if you're a Pac-12 team, you're like, oh, we're going to get this call, that call, we're getting them all season, and then you don't get them, and then what? The other team across from you is being more physical, but you've been taught you can't be all that physical because it's going to be a foul in the Pac-12. And by the time that teams in the Pac-12 have adjusted, 
they're out of the tournament. And again, not an Arizona issue, an Oregon issue, a UCLA issue, a USC, an ASU. I'm really curious to see how the teams this year adjust to different types of refs in the postseason. Because according to the two coaches I talked to, and I'm not just sticking with Arizona trying to be biased, uh, it is 100% an issue in the postseason. And it shouldn't be. But when you look at the whole Pac-12, this is what we get. There isn't one aspect of Pac-12 athletics that is better than anybody else in the country right now. The football conference is watered down. Basketball's fine, whatever. But the viewership isn't good. The Pac-12 network still sucks. Larry Scott, they're going to have a conversation, according to John Wilner, in the next few months about whether or not Larry Scott should be retained because you got to make that decision a few years in advance. The Pac-12 presidents support Larry Scott for whatever reason, but there isn't one fan that will sit here and tell you that Larry Scott should be the commission of the Pac-12. And it doesn't all fall on him. There's people underneath him as well. But the problem is that even though Pac-12 fans deserve better, better is not coming anytime soon. It's not coming with refereeing. It's not coming with quality. It's not coming with TV viewership. It's just not coming. And that is a major issue moving forward. And it is an issue that, simply put, there's not a fix in sight. And and so I understand that what I just said is a bit of a rant. (laughs) But uh, I got to admit, like, it the game just kind of pissed me off. I was in a sour mood uh, the rest of the night. I woke up pissed. And then uh, my day went on, and I talked to my dad, and he's like, man, I just can't believe the rest. And it's like, well, thanks. Now I'm now I'm all pissed off again. Um, and and, and it, it is, it's not I'm pissed because Arizona lost thing. It's I'm pissed because the quality of the game was ridiculous. I mean, you're calling a foul every time down court. You're calling one touch. And I tweeted at one point, can you imagine if they called those fouls in the NBA? And I know it's a different game. But if they called those fouls in the NBA, Russell Westbrook would probably punch a dude in the face. <laughs> like There is no world where you would be able to call any of those calls that were being called in the UCLA game in the NBA. And again, I realize it's a different game, but there has to be balance. Um, and, and so it, it just it, it's just there's people that feel the college basketball product is down this year. And that's the reason why. It's watching games that have 50 fouls, where every time down court or every other time down court, there's a foul. That's not an entertaining product. And again, it's not specific to the Pac-12. It happens to be the conference, obviously, I watch the most. Um, But it was just insane. Um, With all that being said, back to the actual game at hand, uh, there's a couple things that that obviously stick out. First off, uh, Nico Mannion, that... That, to me, was his best game of the year. Uh, UCLA did a nice job in the second half of double-teaming Manning up the court and forcing the ball into other guys' hands, uh, and Arizona was exposed a bit because it is apparent that as good of a kid as Dylan Smith is, and let me make it clear, he is a really nice guy. He knows what people say say about him. He brushes it off. For the most part, I I believe he is a nice guy. No hard feelings, personally, uh, with Dylan Smith. But it was apparent in that game that he had no business handling the ball. So what UCLA did was say, we're going to double it. We're going to take our chance. And literally, if Dylan Smith is a good enough ball handler, Arizona gets fast break points. Because UCLA was double teaming Mannion in the half court and saying, let another guy touch the ball. And Dylan Smith drove the lane. He stepped out of bounds. 
There's a play in the game where he once again drove the baseline and had two guys follow him, had Max Hazard wide open with nobody within six feet of him, completely ignored him, and got blocked. Went into two or three guys. Um, The biggest issue on this team to me is that Arizona has one guard. I consider Josh Green more of a wing player, but Arizona has one guard. Nico Mannion. And I'm not saying that Nico Mannion is reliable every game. He's not. He's had some really bad basketball games this season. Uh, he's had some good ones as well. What I'm saying is, last night, or, or Saturday night, when UCLA took Mannion out of his game, who was who Arizona going to? Dylan Smith has, has not been good for the most part of the season. He's had his moments, but there's no consistency. Jamal Baker is not what we thought he would be, and it's not what the coaching staff thought he would be. Max Hazard gets hot once in a while, but it's hard to keep him on the court because he absolutely cannot defend. Um, I think we underestimated the loss of Brandon Williams, and I think we underestimated the loss of Devin Ayer. And I don't know how good Devin Ayer is necessarily. I'm not a huge Devin Ayer guy. But when you look at the other guards on this team, uh, it's pretty obvious that Arizona could have used them had he not screwed up off the court. Uh, He couldn't be on the team anymore. There were other issues off the court. There's reasons why he's not on the team. But it kind of really screwed Arizona because the guard depth just isn't there. These guys just aren't good enough. And you could blame Sean Miller for recruiting misses. Completely understandable. You could blame whoever. Just the reality is... Straight to the point, a lot of these guys aren't good enough. That's it. And so against UCLA, it was Nico and Zeke, and nobody else stepped up. Nobody. Stone Gettings didn't play well. We know how Dylan played. Ira Lee was bad. Um, he had his moment and had a nice drive to the lane, but it, it's hard to count on him to play 20 minutes a game. Um, does Arizona win that g- game with Josh Green? Probably. Um, but there's, there's just, it, it, it adds up. And I, I just think that, you know, I'm not saying this team is bad. I don't think it's a bad basketball team. I'm not as down on it as other people are mostly because I look at kind of things in a big picture. And when I watch college basketball, it's like four teams and everybody else right now. Um, but what I'm saying is that it's going to be hard to beat good teams with two players. And if Josh played, it would probably been three. But against UCLA, that's what it was. It was two players. It was Nico and Zeke. And uh, it, it is a, a tough situation to, to beat a decent team in UCLA. And, and that's what we saw at the end of the game, is that UCLA did what it had to do in order to get the ball out of Manian's hands. And honestly, I don't know why Nico passed it sometimes. <laughs> like, uh, Would any of us have minded if Nico was a ball hog at that moment instead of giving the ball up to Dylan Smith? Like, I, I would have rather had Nico... Uh, be a ball hog and try to split two guys, then give it to Smith, who kept stepping out of bounds. And it is a uh, it, it is a situation where Arizona just didn't have that third guy when it needed him the most, and and I think that's what caught cost the Wildcats. Um, and and it cost them. If you had a bingo card for every way that Arizona could lose a game this season, I'm not sure what would be remaining. It feels like Arizona's got they've got them blown out. They've lost lost close games because of free throws. They've lost close games because of turnovers. They've lost close games because of scoring droughts. They've lost close games, you know, with balls out of bounds. They've lost close games on missed rebounds. It's it's like I'm not sure there's other ways that Arizona could lose close games. 
Um, it is unbelievably frustrating. It is the number one complaint about this team that I completely agree with and I completely understand. And your hope is, even though it's late in the season, that Arizona is going to break through. You hope that the games this week wouldn't be close, so Arizona doesn't need to break through uh, against the two Washington schools. We'll we'll preview that in another podcast. But you would you would hope that maybe in the Pac-12 there's a close game and, and Arizona kind of gets over the hump and that happens, the confidence returns, and before you know it, Arizona's done it going in the NCAA tournament. Um, with that being said, it's just hard. I mean, it's it's hard to trust this team in a close game right now because we've seen Arizona find different ways to lose them. Uh, it, it is a, a frustrating experience for Arizona fans, and it's obviously frustrating for the team itself because you look at all the close games Arizona's had, and, man, they would have some impressive wins if they knew how to close out games. I mean, they would have beat UCLA, and that's just one game, but Gonzaga, I mean, there would have been other games where Arizona would have had impressive wins. They would have beaten Oregon and UCLA in the last week or whatever it may be uh, if they were able to... to went out in close games, but the the reality is they have it, and and it is one of the most frustrating things, uh, kind of revolving with Arizona basketball right now. Um, kind of to to close out the podcast, there's one thing I want to be very clear on because I'm getting annoyed on Twitter by random people bothering me. Say it with me: Arizona is a tournament team. Okay, losing to UCLA on the road does not kick Arizona out of the tournament. You cannot find any bracket on bracket matrix with Arizona out of the tournament. There's a reason for that. The metrics are still good. I understand that Arizona is not playing very good basketball right now. Look around the country. Look at how many top 25 teams are not playing very good basketball right now. Colorado just got swept and lost to Cal got blown out by Cal and lost to Stanford on the road. Okay, that is not a very good basketball team right now. They are solidly in the tournament. The bubble is weak as can be. Arizona is far from the bubble. In fact, Arizona could probably lose both games this week and still make the tournament. But Arizona won't lose both games this week. They'll be fine. So I I think that People need to back off the ledge a little bit. There's still two games, hopefully more than that, um, left in the well, two games left in the regular season, and then Pac-12 tournament play. Um, and, and I think that people need to realize that Arizona is probably a probably a seven seed. If they lose a game this week, they probably drop down to eight. If they win both games and win a Pac-12 tournament game, they they could move up to a six. If they get hot, they could move up to a five. But they are not missing the tournament, barring something insane. Losing three games in a row would be that something insane. I don't think it's going to happen. You're talking about two Washington schools where the only road win between them is Washington State winning at Washington. If Arizona loses a game this week, it should be embarrassed, and it would be the worst loss of the season by far. It used to be St. John's, but shout out to my Johnnies for beating Creighton by 20 points and dropping 91 (laughs) in, in a nice win, which is why Arizona moved up in the net back to the net. Arizona moved up because St. John's beat Creighton, and those things matter. And what's funny about the net, going back to that, is that because UCLA beat Arizona, that 
road at home at McHale to UCLA is now quad two instead of quad three, and Arizona does not own any quad three or four losses when before it did, and it was just UCLA. So in a way, it helped Arizona to lose. Obviously, it, it didn't, but in a way, it did. Um, shout out to the Arizona women for beating Stanford. Followed it up with a loss to Cal because there's no other way with Arizona basketball. That's how men and women work. And the loss to Cal may have kicked it out of the uh, of hosting the NCAA tournament. But uh, Adia's done a great job. Arizona's going to be right there to host. It's definitely in the tournament. We'll, we'll have, you know, be seated probably fifth uh, in whatever region it's in. Um, great job. Stanford game was really fun. Um, so, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's not all bad with Arizona basketball. Uh, it's going to be an interesting week. This is my favorite time of year. I love it. I love watching random conference tournaments on TV. I love rooting for teams that I would never root for or I've never heard of in my life. Um, it's fun. It's a fun thing to do. Uh, so with that being said, um, spring football is starting. We'll have another podcast later this week on spring football. We'll preview the Washington matchup as well. A lot to discuss this week. Once again, I thank you for joining me on the Wildcat Scoop podcast sponsored by the Net Rating. And uh, thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll catch you again later this week.